Here we go. We're going to see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more conversations around this. You guys are the best. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Today we are talking about a topic I am really excited to talk about, and that's interdependence over independence. I think this is one that's going to be really practical for us and a lot of us that listen. Let's go ahead and just dive on in. But beforehand, just want to remind you guys, or not remind, invite you all to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Both are the Competing Biblically podcast, and there you can see a lot of stuff that's going on and even some behind the scenes of of what's happening. And we can get your input and you can give your input and we can kind of have more of a conversation on there that rather than you just listening to us. And then you can also find us on YouTube and our uh, website, DelawareFCA.org slash podcast. You can find all of our episodes and all the major platforms that that carry the podcast. So with that being said, let's dive. Nick, do you want to introduce our topic for today? Yeah, sure. And if you don't mind, if you're wherever you're listening to us, if you don't mind following it and subscribing and um, hitting us with a review, that would be much appreciated as well. Um, So yeah, last week uh, we talked about the week over the strong. So we're finishing out this week, uh, week over the strong. And um, what was the first one? So people over productivity, inside inside over outside, weak over the strong, and now we're talking about interdependence versus independence, or over, interdepend, interdependence over <laughs> independence. And again, these are the overs, the pillars were the verses, these are the overs, that it's still important that we be independent, it's still important to value those who are strong, um, but we're saying... We're, we are to value being interdependent over just doing things our, our own way, over just running our own play. So before we hop in, I do think it's not dependence versus independence. It's interdependence. So there there is a difference there because sometimes we look at interdependence and we're like, what is that? Um, it's kind of this vague term a lot of times. While dependence, I'm just like Googling the definition, and it says uh, the state of relying on or being controlled by someone or something else. Versus interdependence is the dependence of two or more people or things on each other which complete a whole unit. So we're not talking about not being able to do anything without this or that, but it's it's the idea of a team coming together and finding sufficiency from the members of its parts, mm-hmm. not each of them operating on their own 
power on their own accord, but coming together to do something as a whole. And that's what we're talking about when we say interdependence versus independence. Yeah, I think there's an old, um, I think, African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But Mm -hmm. if you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of the same thought process that that we want to uncover here. And and we're the Competing Biblically podcast. So, of course, we're not just drawing from ancient proverbs. We want to draw from the scriptures. So in a moment, Zach's going to read for us one of the accounts. I'm thankful for this, the way that the Bible... um, numberers put it together that first Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 both talk about the body and they're both chapter 12 helps me to keep them in place. We're going to, Zach's going to read from Romans 12 here in a second. But before he does that, um, I want to frame this, frame this out with this idea of, of we're created from community to community. So the idea and the heart behind this, this body image or, or what Seth said was like the sum or parts are, are really found in dependence with the sum of, of all of the parts together. God is community. The Christian God of the God of the Bible is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we jump back to the creation, God said, let us create man in our image and likeness. We are, were created from a perfect community. Like we weren't created out of need. We were created out of perfection. Uh, We weren't created out of like wanting relationship. God was already in perfect relationship with himself. So when he created us, we're created from the community of God. Let us create man in our image and likeness. And then we're created for community that we're going to see here in a minute when he gives this illustration of the body created from community within God and created for community to be in community with God and to be in community with one another. It's written actually in the Imago Dei, in, in our imageness of God is our need for one another. We are actually created with a little bit of lacking. And um, we'll see uh, also in, in Genesis um, the idea of, of God when he created, when he created Adam, the first thing that he said was not good. Uh, it wasn't sin, it wasn't anything wrong. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So those two things kind of frame out this idea of the body. I think a lot of times, at least me, I've looked at the body as being separate, but it's actually woven into the fabric of us being created in God's image that we are created to need to be dependent on the Lord and to need to be dependent on one another. So with that being said, Zach, take us to the word of God. So Romans twelve four starts, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Amen. I, I love actually what I think captures interdependence. It just stuck out to me, that phrase. We are individually members of Amen. one another. And I think that captures that ten- that tension really well. Um, that just jumped out to me as, as Zach was finishing that up. Yeah, and I think the part that mentions um, that we each have individual functions and we do not have the same function kind of highlights the idea of like not being completely dependent but interdependent. It's like, man, like it's not that we can't do anything, but like we do something, but we can't do everything. And so that's the, the kind of idea of like, man, like, we rely on others to do other functions in the same way on a team is like, man, like I play defense. I I can play pretty good defense. I've played it for a long time, but I could never play goalie. (laughs) 
like on attack, I would go and try and fail to play attack against a good defender. It's like, man, like I'm not dependent on my teammates. It's like, I, I can't do nothing. I can play defense, but I need those other people to be able to fill those other positions that I can't play as well. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I think I've shared this example before, but this plays out a lot on, um, I've seen this play out a lot with a couple of our players, specifically our talented players. When we're late in the game and we're down by a goal, maybe we're down by two with 10, 15 minutes left in the next five minutes, we really need to get a goal on the net if we want a chance. And we, we have, you know, say one of the best players on our team is a forward or we move our goal scorer from the midfield to forward so that they can score and their role, their job in that moment is to score a goal. I tell them to go sit on the highest defender or we pull them back a little bit to receive the ball, but we need them downfield so they can score because they can't get the ball at midfield and go score. And they might get frustrated after two or three minutes if they've only touched the ball once or twice because they're thinking, I've got to score. And their mindset is, I need the ball. So they'll go back behind midfield trying to get the ball thinking that they can do it themselves they're not depending on their teammates and um then they'll win the ball a lot at midfield they'll go 10 yards and lose the ball or they'll pass the ball to their teammate who will turn it over or whatever and um we're unable to score because the reality is all they need is one or two chances especially if you have someone who's talented you don't need to get the ball every minute. You just need one or two chances. So I've seen that play out a lot in that way of trying to be independent and not letting the other players on the team, you know, be the individual members and play their role like you were talking about, Zach. Yeah, I think the, the beautiful thing in the – so you're going to hear some repetition. You probably have heard some repetition as we're in these overs because they all fall under this category of people over productivity – and then next week with uh, the one and only Blair McGinnis, Lord willing, is going to be joining us from New Jersey. Um, we'll, we'll jump into um, process over results. Um, so those things under that banner will kind of stick together. So it just as we're talking about this, it's, it's, I think Zach mentioned this last week in the podcast, the old saying of like a team is only strong as its weakest link. Um, but we are. I mean, we need one another. Like I think if you don't have a practice team – you don't have anyone to practice against. It's just starters playing against starters. You're going to run out of energy quick in the season. Like we're we're created to need every single part. It's like mm-hmm. I mean, nobody signs up and says like uh, in, to use the body analogy. Hey, I want to be the gallbladder. <laughs> you usually don't remember the gallbladder. You don't think about the gallbladder until you're missing it. Until you have an issue, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I am well aware. At this pain, like my, I was telling these guys a, a string of injuries I had uh, my senior year uh, that led to me coming to Delaware State University. Um, my senior year, I, f- I tore my MCL, I fractured my sternum, I cracked two ribs, I tore ligaments in my right ankle, and I had my appendix burst on the operating table. I did not think about my appendix one day in my life <laughs> until I got appendicitis. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, I am well aware that something is not working the way that it's supposed to. So um, when when Frosty Westering was out at Pacific Lutheran, they had this saying, they called it EMAL. So E-M-A-L. There were the Pacific Lutheran Lutes, L-U-T, 
ES, the Pacific Lutheran Lutes. And that was their that was their mantra, every man's a loot. Every man's a loot. Mm-hmm. Emal. And that was their rallying cry. They needed one another. They needed one another. I think it's just a cool sign of unity um, and dependence on one another that was displayed. That they, one year they were playing in the national championship game, I think against Rowan, um, and Casey Keeler was the head coach of Rowan, and they had a bunch of Division One transfers, a bunch of guys that um, came from big time programs that were playing Division Three football in the national championship, and at um, playing for the Stag Bowl. And, um, yeah, down at Alonzo Stag Stadium, I think is where they play it, in Virginia somewhere, they came marching out of the locker room, arms linked, singing Christmas carols. <laughs> but it's like, man, those guys, for them, it was like, what was the beauty of what they were doing? It's that they were in this thing together. Yeah. Like, think back on your, on your athletic career. What do you remember the most? Your teammates. You remember your teammates. You remember the moments. You remember the car rides. You remember the bus rides. You remember goofing around in the locker room. You remember times in the dorm. Well, not at Wilmington. (laughs) 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 Roasted. But but you you remember all those things, um, all those relationships, because we're created for one another, uh, and that's how we're best. We're best together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about you've probably played teams that you were more talented than. But there was just no chink in their armor. They played as a unit. Man, that's it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. From a sports perspective, it's a really beautiful yeah, thing. It really is. As we talk about interdependence over independence, there's a lot of strong-willed independent people. I can easily be one of those people, and I think a lot of us can. And there's a lot of a lot of talented coaches, and a lot of talented athletes are especially strong-willed and independent and i just want to kind of give just one word of caution and that is like if you think you can do it by yourself or you do it by yourself i mean you may i think a lot of us would argue you will be better if you surround yourself with people that are going to take you um to where you want to go but i mean even if you achieve all of that you want to achieve and you do it by yourself um, you're going to miss out on on what God would really have for you. I just caution anyone who thinks a lot of people who are strong-willed and independent, who are talented, I would caution you to think that you're better than anybody or that someone else does not um, deserve to be on the field with you or even getting frustrated or complaining with when less talented people you don't feel like are carrying their weight or they just um, you're frustrated because you as a team or or your team that you're coaching is not playing like you would like i just caution that arrogance or haughtiness um that would cause you to think oh well i'm going to take this into my own hands Mm -hmm. and i'm going to i'm going to carry the team i've found there's quite a few players on a team each year who when things get tough they all want to take it on their shoulders um they put that pressure on themselves and if they succeed they want the glory but that is not a weight that one person is designed to bear that is a you should be approaching every challenge as a team and that's the beauty of the christian life the freedom that's in christ is that we're free to not worry about gaining any glory mm-hmm. we're free and we're actually like we're free to to be able to draw attention to the greatness of god yeah and and it's not done when, when all the attention's on us 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the, that's the beauty and freedom is that we're not we don't have to look out for us to receive anything. We're not looking to receive anything. We're looking to give. We're looking to deflect. We're looking to turn it upwards. And you kept using the word strong will, which look strong will is something that we value. Yeah, it's part of this philosophy that we would play with a whole heart, strong will, great passion, and a clear mind, and a clear mind, whole heart, strong will, whole heart, clear mind, whole heart, clear mind, strong will, great passion. There we go that we would play that way with a great, with a, with a strong will. But the, what is the strong will? The strong will is set on not my will be done, but yours. Yeah. That's where, our, that's where we get that. You have to reharness and reshape, not my glory, but yours, mm-hmm. not my way, but yours, not what's best for me. What's best for us. Al Golden used to have this saying when he was at Temple university, he called it big team, little me, mm-hmm. big team, little me that we have to value the team, but to value the whole, we have to think and look, zoom out and look at what, what is best for everybody, not just for us. Yeah. And it's so easy. I mean, it's like, I, I've said this, these words have come out of my mouth many times. Well, it's just easier for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be faster if I just did it myself. Well, I'd be better if I just took control of it. It even happened a little bit in our, we had a staff meeting earlier today and I'm getting confused about what's going on with the document. I just had to say, you know what? I trust you guys. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Like my brain is not wrapping around this thing. I'm getting frustrated because my brain's not wrapping around this thing. My brain does. I got to a point where my brain does not have to wrap around this thing. Mm-hmm. You guys got it. Like Seth, you got a vision for it. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, I opened that can. I, I trust it. I trust it. I trust you guys. I love you guys. You can get it. And they were blessed. <laughs> Hopefully, they were blessed to go get it. Or I, I just was saying, I, I'm not taking this on my plate. It's now <laughs> on yours. I'd like to think it was the more spiritual route. But as we're describing that, it, it reminds me of Exodus 18. We talked about Moses and his father-in-law Jethro saying, "Hey, kind of from the outside in." Jethro looks and says, "Like, look, you can't." judge every matter of Israel. You need others. Mm-hmm. Like you need to appoint people over 500, 1,000, 150, and you need to have other judges to be alongside of you to be able to judge matters of right and wrong, or you're going to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not built for that. And you see it again, we're created from community for community. So when God created us out of nothing, when he created us, he was creating us from this loving, incredible community that were in, in de- that were independent, but they were interdependent on one another. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do everything together, and I think yeah. that's the heart that Jesus is looking for, in order for us to compete in a way that would glorify God. That our heart would say, "No, I want to do this with others. I want to be with. I want my teammates to succeed, even if it means I don't get." Recognized. I know that God will be glorified through it. Mm-hmm. I want to bring other people in. I don't want to do it myself. I want to trust others. Or even being honest, I'm like, I'm struggling to trust that other people can do it. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable and allowing the Lord to be able to work there. And co- coaches, we we do this type of stuff all the time where we just want to control every yeah. little detail. Maybe it's a GA on your staff that needs to be developed. Maybe it's an assistant coach that wants more responsibility. There's an opportunity for us to depend on one another. And the beauty is in our philosophy, and this is really what, and this isn't the only way, it's our way. I mean, I, I definitely, in talking with Scotty, I feel more conviction that this is the way for us. This is the way for me. It's not the way for everybody, but in this philosophy, we're taking winning off the table mm-hmm. as a goal. 
Like it's not even a goal. And when that's not the goal, when our goal is truly to value people over productivity, when our goal is to truly be interdependent over being independent, doing everything ourselves, valuing others, then you're able to play a different way. You're able to lead a different way. You're able to serve a different way Mm -hmm. because the goal has changed based on what the word says, not because it's an idea that's just going to be there to help us be better, to help us score more points, to help us achieve over somebody else. It's Frosty's old, old act or old saying was this. He's like, they came here to beat us. We came here to be us. Mm -hmm. How freeing is that? That I'm not showing up to a game, not showing up to a contest, not showing up to a match, thinking about I need to overcome this opponent, but we're here, I'm here to be the best me that I can be. Mm -hmm. We're here to be the best team that we can be to try to close the gap between our potential and performance. And something we'll talk about in a couple weeks is this idea under that banner of um, process over results is valuing the long term over the short term. We are such victims of now of the moment prisoners of the moment but to zoom out and say what is best long term for the program what is best long term for all the individual members um sometimes it's going to be it's going to be this principle that we need to be more together yeah uh, instead of operating in our own silos yeah and and when we think about interdependence i'm thinking coach or even if you're a leader like develop the skills and the giftings of the players that are on your team. Um, we need to be invested. And I'm not just talking about, obviously we're there to develop and um, grow the physical skills of the players on your team. But if you have a player who's a leader, you need to to pour into them and to help them develop as a leader. If you have a player who's an encourager, you need to identify that and to help them operate in their giftings as an encourager. If you have a player in your team who, um, who is not afraid of conflict, who when there's a problem arise, they're going to step up and confront it and deal with it. You need to develop that gifting on your team. Like I'm not even just talking about players, your coaching staff. And this is like, I love Zach about your team. You talked about how you were, is it squad leaders that you guys have? Um, Where you not only just have team captains, but you also have other players in your team who, and you had a group of people, right? Do you want to, do you actually, do you want to describe that real quick? Cause I really like that idea. And I was thinking that if I ever have the opportunity to be a head coach, I'm thinking that's something that, you know, would be great to implement. Maybe when developing those people who um, are good at giving criticism and stuff, maybe part of the development is helping them to give that criticism and love. Yeah. A hundred percent. That is something I'm guilty of and had, had to take a lot of coaching on of how to do that out of love. But no, um, the squad leader thing is awesome. Uh, it's new. It just started uh, this past year with the program. But yeah, our coach um, realized that he had a lot on his plate uh, and that he was counting on the captains to do a lot and some things that they weren't gifted in doing. Um, and so a way to just break up some of that responsibility, a lot of, yeah, like the story of Moses that you guys just mentioned, we broke it up to where each so we have two captains on our team and then under those two captains each of them have four squad leaders and then so there's eight squad leaders and each of those squad leaders have four guys under them i had the opportunity of being one of those squad leaders 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I think one of the things that I've talked about, I mean, even in FCA and other things, youth group, whatever, but having smaller groups allows you to do so much more, uh, allows you to go in depth so much more. Um, so it really just let me build relationships with the guys, uh, that were, that I was responsible for, but it also, um, Seth of what you're talking about, like kind of allowed coaches to put people in leadership position put people in leadership positions to be able to train them uh whether it is to be a captain whether it is to continue to be a squad leader but really just allow them to do what they do well um and then to keep everybody accountable it's hard to keep 35 to 40 guys accountable with three mm-hmm. people but man when you have a team of 11 taking care of guys like it, it's a lot more uh helpful a lot easier and then a lot more beneficial for everybody in the long run. And and I think the, I'm sure you as a squad leader, you felt valued by giving, by being given responsibility. Yeah. That made it easier on coach and you're more, you're more bought in. I remember you telling me about, um, you're talking about captain's practices and it's like, who was showing up to captain's practices? The squad leaders. Yeah. (laughs) Where like, if there weren't squad leaders, you wouldn't always be getting them either, but yeah. like you end up being more invested because you're being invested in. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard. And again, weak over the strong, like we talked about last week, us who have strength, power, whatever, uh, we have something giving that away to draw others yeah. in to give them the same thing that we have is ownership. Yeah. And that's like, that's like the biggest thing when it comes to, I mean, I think success, defining success being, success in terms of being interdependent is the more ownership individuals have the better the team will be like when you take ownership over it's not just coach's job to coach the young guys no in order for us to be together we're going to need them Mm -hmm. it's my job it's not freshman's job to clean up balls and put stuff out for practice no I, I own this it's not I mean Going back to Cain and Abel, like Cain kills Abel, the Lord comes to him and says, where's Abel? Am I my brother's keeper? That was like a big thing for us playing was like, you are your brother's keeper. Like yeah. that was a, a motto of our team is like, okay, you're a roommate, you're, your roommate doesn't show up to practice and you showed up and you let him sleep, you're getting punished. Like a squad leader, your guys aren't showing up, you're accountable for your guys. Yeah, it gives ownership because you're a part. Yeah, I mean, it just it feels valuable to be a part. And we talked about the weak and the strong last week. It's easy to feel like the gallbladder. Like if I didn't show up, would anybody notice? Yeah. But when that that when everybody feels like they got some type of part, they're in this somehow. It brings it brings life, and I think it brings a little bit of the abundant life that Jesus is talking about. It like yeah. that we every member in the body has a part to play Mm -hmm. even if it's not an upfront part yeah and i was going to share something similar nick to where going back last week the week over the strong not only are you developing and investing and making your team more interdependent but you're also when you break it up into smaller groups like that you're also not allowing those that might be in the weak category to fall through the cracks because there are four four guys or four girls being led by one by one player and it, yeah. it keeps those people from falling in the cracks and not being invested in as well and i don't think that just has to be players like 
head coach. Um, you you have different position coaches or assistant coaches or or whatever. Like, give those people responsibility. I mean, if you have position coaches, maybe some of the character things you do on your team, you don't have to do all that just among yourselves. You don't have to be the only one investing uh, spiritually or, or character-wise into your team. Divvy that out. Let your character mm-hmm. coaches... Um, or your, I'm sorry, let your position coaches or assistant coaches do that with a smaller group of people because they would get more players into the conversation, breaking it down or into whatever drill or activity you're doing. And it also probably will actually help those coaches grow as well in what you're talking about because they're not just, oh, mm-hmm. that coach does all the character stuff and they live all that out. Well, no, now I need to own this part of yeah. the team as well. So... Yeah, that, and that's that PC, like part of that is that PCP philosophy, mm-hmm. players coaching players. When I when I own, uh, we talked about, I think we talked about this last week, when Zach owned by teaching the drills to younger guys, helped him to actually do it better. Yeah. But there's more investment there because it's through relationship. And that's the beauty of, of, of the body analogy is not just like, oh yeah, you're connected, but we're connected by love and relationship. So, I mean... We, we talked about this a bunch is like we look at we look at competition even our, our name competing biblically when you hear the word competition or you hear competing your mind my mind and I, I'm assuming and you know what they say about that it's not good and you shouldn't do it um, but I assume <laughs> that everybody operates like me but my mind jumps to game day mm-hmm. my mind jumps to you versus your opponent your team versus the opponent, like live action, it's the show. Um, but I think we figured out those percentages that when you actually map out how much time you spend preparing, practicing, eating, sleeping, all the other time out of your year, I think it's like for an athlete, high school athlete, if you're a high school football player and you play 15 games and win a state championship, the game time is less than 5%, less than 0.5%. Mm-hmm. Let's think it's like 0.3% or something, 05 or 0.3% uh, of your time is actually spent in the game. Yeah. Everything else is where this interdependence comes to place. It comes outside of practice. It comes in practice. It comes on the bus it comes in the off in the locker room it comes in the off season it comes college athletes it comes in the dining hall coaches it comes by doing stuff together because again trust interdependence is all about trust mm-hmm. and trust yep. can only be formed in relationship yeah the old adage of nobody know no, nobody cares how much you know so they know how much you care mm-hmm. taking a lot of stuff that we've talked about in episodes past of applying to investing in relationships that will lead to trust that will lead to the ability to depend and count on one another and the ability to be vulnerable enough to count on someone else Mm. yeah and i just want to kind of wrap up with the thought that interdependence operates on on the premise that everyone has a role to play and we need everyone to play their role um because the truth is that god i mean we talk about on a team we talk about giftings but I mean, even as the body of Christ and on your team, God has given you gifts and he has a purpose for you and he's taking you somewhere. And we need to be assured of that within ourselves and also with the people around us. And maybe you're someone who 
hasn't been invested in, maybe you're on a team that and you've not been invested in, maybe you don't feel like you're worth investing in, or maybe you feel like you have something and you want to be, you you long for someone to take time to, to guide you and to lead you and you haven't gotten that. But we all have a purpose and something that God is making us ready for. I feel like that is actually something that God's had me kind of laid on my heart to have me study the past couple weeks is to make yourself ready. And God is making us ready. He's preparing us and working through us. And that's what interdependence is, is really allowing God on your team to shape and to lead everyone on your team to contribute. That is just an important understanding as a coach or an athlete to know not just, and again, it's this, it's the selfishness versus selflessness. It's the, it's the submission versus resistance. It's the idol of control, whatever it is. It's taking my eyes off of what am I here for? What do I want to accomplish? And it's looking to how can I serve the people around me? And what does God want to do through me to my teammates to cultivate each person to be able to operate in the way that God's gifted them. Yeah. So as you were just saying that preparation time, the story that biblical story that comes to my mind is, is David and Goliath. Obviously it's Caleb's favorite. We've talked about on here on that here before, but uh, David and Goliath, that would be game time when Mm -hmm. he steps up and says like this Philistine will not speak of our God this way. Where did David get that boldness from? The Bible goes out of its way to go back and look and say that David had killed bears and lions. Mm-hmm. He at least killed a bear and a lion. When he was in the field as a shepherd boy, he was preparing for that moment. Mm-hmm. God was preparing him for that moment with confidence with what he was going to do. He was preparing him in that moment with skills to be able to do what he needed to do. So it wasn't that he just showed up and fought Goliath and won. I mean, the Lord was preparing him for a long time for that yeah and that makes you think what is god you know he was killing lions and bears before he slayed a giant what is god doing on the players on your team and what is he what is he leading them toward when when we talk about that so yeah he's leading them to life yeah he's leading to them most of them will not go on and play at the next level whatever that next level is the percentages decrease and decrease and decrease one thing i'm guaranteed and i think for us is like if we win football games or we win whatever games but we don't produce better husbands better fathers better citizens better men better women better mothers better daughters like if we don't make people better as people and make them better and can help them to conform more to the image of Christ than what we're doing has no value. That's what, I mean, ultimately that's what he's preparing people for, for life, that it's not just the on the field stuff, but how can we prepare them to win outside of sport? Yeah. Amen. So great conversation for today. Thank you, Nick and Zach for joining us. And while well, I say Nick and Zach, thank you for joining the three of us, um, making this conversation a good one. And let us know what you think. Like I said at the beginning, go check out social media, follow us, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, the Competing Biblically Podcast. And you can find all of our podcast episodes on DelawareFCA.org slash podcast. And we will talk to you guys next time. Squad. <laughs>